Our scripture reading you will find in the book of Genesis, chapter 17, and I will also read from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2. Colossians, chapter 2. So from the book of Genesis, I am going to read from Genesis chapter 17, the verses 1 through 14. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come forth from you. And I will establish my covenant between you, between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God." And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant." Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And then turning to Colossians chapter 2, I read the verses 8 through 15. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, 
having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in... We listen this afternoon to the confession of Lord's Day 27. Lord's Day 27, page 541 in the Book of Praise. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No, only the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sins. Why then does the Holy Spirit call baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins? God speaks in this way for a good reason. He wants to teach us that the blood and spirit of Christ remove our sins, just as water takes away dirt from the body. But even more important, he wants to assure us by this divine pledge and sign that we are as truly cleansed from our sins spiritually as we are bodily washed with water. Should infants too be baptized? Yes, infants as well as adults belong to God's covenant and congregation. Through Christ's blood, the redemption from sin and the Holy Spirit who works faith are promised to them no less than to adults. Therefore, by baptism as sign of the covenant, they must be incorporated into the Christian church and distinguished from the children of unbelievers. This was done in the old covenant by circumcision, in place of which baptism was instituted in the new covenant. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ. When a child is baptized in our churches, why then what we see before our eyes is a child sprinkled with some water. It is a very simple act. You've seen it many times. But in my faith, we see God who by means of that water of baptism seals his grace, the grace of the covenant, to that child. It is God who wants that child baptized. And it is God who in that baptism calls that child by name. We may look forward to, that, to seeing that again this afternoon when Zion, Jade, and Lewin will receive the sign and seal of baptism. So our God shows himself to that child, our children of the covenant, as a father, 
and by faith we see that. By faith we believe that. And then we know, yes, then we have certainty. Then we have a sure foundation in him. Because God cannot lie. His word is truth. In his love he comes to us as the one who is faithful and true. We may see that in baptism and take heart. And when we then let ourselves be captivated by his love, why then we want nothing beside him. Then his promise will be our comfort and our joy. Because then we have found our rest in him. Time and again, however, that rest escapes us. It escapes us because we look for certainty in the creature rather than in the creator. Then when a child is baptized, why then the water of baptism is looked upon as if it somehow has special magical powers. As if God's grace were in that water or or we look to that child as if somehow everything depends on what is hidden deep within the soul of that child. But the Catechism, having listened with great care to the testimony of Scripture, the Catechism would teach us otherwise. As you know, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, well, then we are encouraged to lift up our hearts on high to Christ Jesus. Well, now, so to this sacrament, baptism would have us see who our God is for us in Christ Jesus. You see, baptism, too, asks us to lift up our hearts on high. To Christ Jesus. We're going to confess together what is the foundation of baptism. We're going to concentrate on just one thought, namely that we are to place our trust in the blood of Christ, not in the water of baptism. That leaves a second thought, namely that we are to place our trust in God's faithfulness to the covenant, not in something in or of the child. Lord willing, we can listen to that thought on another occasion. So we reflect anew on the question of baptism, its meaning, its message, its comfort. And as some of you may know, that is a very current and in some instances a hotly debated issue in the Netherlands, especially the baptism of infants. When ministers of our churches, the GKV, wish no longer to be bound by our confession regarding the baptism of infants, said Dr. Dauma uh, back in, in, in September of 2012, 
then the reformed character of our churches is threatened. That is where I draw the line, he says. You can't miss it. This confession is of great importance. We do well to listen with great care. Lord, the 26, as you may remember, confesses that baptism is a sure and a certain guarantee of the grace of God. As surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, it says, so certainly the blood and spirit of Christ have washed away all my sins. You hear it, as sure as the one is, so sure is the other. So we confess. Well now, that means you understand that baptism is is not a mere formality. The focus is not, it may not be, on the outward washing with water. The formulary for baptism, which is read every time a child is to be baptized, confesses that the Lord established a covenant, the covenant of grace, with Abraham and with his seed, with the believers and their children. Well now, that covenant was, it is, not only revealed to us and to our children, but also it is as real today as it was in the days of Abraham. The covenant of God's work, the covenant is God's work. Also today, we sing of that with Psalm 105. He will remember and uphold the covenant made in days of old. Baptism is now the sign and the seal of that covenant. Colossians 2 verse 11 and 12 make that clear. Oh, I know there are people who think of baptism only as an outward thing, as they do also of the, think of the covenant and of the church. The real church, they say, yes, the real church is not what you see at the worship services. Because the real church, they say, the real church is hidden. It is secret. It is invisible. And I know people are tempted to do that, to say that, because they take their starting point in what can be seen. And you know it. What can be seen is this. Not all who are baptized love the Lord. Right? Not all baptized people walk in covenantal obedience with the Lord. Right? But remember, the Bible, I ask the Bible, never, ever talks about receiving only an outward sign. Surely not. Remember it well. In the covenant, God gives himself to us. And he gives himself to us completely. 
Think of it. You receive not a particle of grace outside of that covenant relationship. That you understand. I ask, that is true. Whether you are a reformed believer or a Baptist believer. No Christian, no Christian can receive a particle of grace outside of that covenantal relationship because it is in the covenant relationship between the Lord and his people that Christ gives himself to you, to us, to his church. See, God, God has adopted us as his children and heirs. So we confess. We confess, moreover, that our children are sanctified in Christ. Therefore, I ask, therefore, they ought to be baptized as members of the church. Again, so we confess. And so we hear parents confirm who present their child for baptism. Remember it well, therefore. God the Father seals to us in our baptism that he makes, that he establishes an eternal covenant of grace with us. And that he adopts us as his children and heirs. Moreover, God the Son seals to us that he washes us in his blood from all our sins. And God the Holy Spirit assures us that he will dwell in us and sanctify us and give us everything that we have, everything that is ours in Christ Jesus, namely the washing away of our sins and the daily renewing of our lives. That, don't forget, that was said to each one of us in our baptism. Ah, yes, it was assured to you personally. And let there be no misunderstanding. That was, that is, said to every person receiving baptism, irrespective of the age of that individual when baptism is administered. Notice, moreover, it does not say that our children will maybe be sanctified in Christ. And it does not say that the Father will maybe adopt us as his children and heirs. See, there is simply no way around it. A baptized child is a child of God. The covenant of grace is not something external or outward. And therefore, baptism is not either. Know well, your baptism says, yes, it says it to you very personally, that God is your Father. As surely as you see the water of baptism when that sacrament is administered, so surely that is true. 
and see when it is stated as strongly as that. That's when the question arises. Does then this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? Must I look on that water of baptism as if God's grace were somehow or other in that water? You may know that that is done. The Church of Rome, for example, looks at the water of baptism. Rome thinks that there is a regenerating power in the water. Rome speaks of the water of baptism as holy water. Then, in the eyes of the people, of the congregation, ah yes, then the water of baptism becomes a means of magic. Ah, but then and so, the people place their trust in that water. And then they think that they can, by means of that water, somehow or other regulate and control the grace of God. Then the grace of God is made subject to our actions. Then the creature is worshipped rather than the creator. But remember well, the church, the church cannot baptize people into heaven. Oh yes, there are many people, church people, who would like that. But the fact is, the church cannot baptize people into heaven. Because the water of baptism is not divine. That water has no creative, nor does it have any recreative power. The grace of God cannot be manipulated by human hands. There is no saving power in the water of baptism. None. Salvation comes to us only through the blood and spirit of Christ. And baptism, see, baptism is the guarantee of that grace of the blood of Christ. Remember well, in his sovereign good pleasure, and in the infiniteness of his great love, our God bound himself to that sign. So he comes to us when the water of baptism is sprinkled or poured on the forehead of the one baptized. And so he asks that we, from that water, look up to him. So he says to each of us, as surely as you are baptized, so sure it is that I am your father. And so sure it is that you were washed by the blood and spirit of Christ. And so sure it is that the Holy Spirit, that by the Holy Spirit, you were adopted as my child. Our baptism, you see, is our guarantee 
that we are children of God. You understand? Remember, baptism doesn't make you a child of God. You were, you are that already. But because our faith is so weak, our God gives us a sign and a seal. That is, he gives us a guarantee which we can see with our own eyes. And so you may be absolutely sure of the love and of the grace of God. There is an eternal inheritance laid up for you in heaven. It is yours, unless, ah yes, unless you, by your unbelief, rob yourself thereof, and are disinherited as one who is unworthy. That, you see, is possible. You can rob yourself of the blessing of the covenant. A reading of the book of Psalms and of the book of Hebrews will confirm that. Oh, you must not misunderstand that. See, there is nothing conditional here. There is not a conditional offer of grace here. It does not say, if and when you satisfy these and these conditions, then and only then will you be accepted as a child of God. Baptism is unconditional. The Lord God has committed himself to you unconditionally in his love. He sticks to what he has said to you by means of the sign and seal of baptism placed on you. But, but you know how it is with people, right? A commitment to love and faithfulness can be corrupted. It can be disrupted, broken, by unfaithfulness. Well now, just so it is here. You are a child of God. And you will always be that unto eternal blessedness unless, ah yes, unless you, by your unbelief and by your hardness of heart, remove yourself and therefore are banned from the fellowship of God's love. See, baptism does not say that you will receive grace if and when you are a believer and are obedient. Not at all. Rather, Baptism says this, you are a child of God. Now look out, lest that grace is taken away from you. Remember well, you are admonished of and you are obliged unto new obedience. So the form for baptism 
warns. After all, in all covenants, there are two parts. The blessing of the covenant is tied to the obedience of the covenant. That is, it is tied to the obedience which the God of the covenant requires the man's of his covenant children. And the fact is, you can't have the one, the blessing of the covenant, without the other, the obedience of the covenant. I want to repeat that. You can't have the one, the blessing of the covenant, without the other, the obedience of the covenant. So, you see, so baptism is loaded with the seriousness of the covenant. Then you understand why it must be said and confessed. You must not look on the water. Rather, you must focus your eyes on the Lord, the living God. He, in his love, surely gives himself to you. But also, he, in his wrath, will surely turn against all those who despise his love and reject his grace. Ah, yes, he will surely turn against all who dare. Ah, yes, who dare to spurn the Son of God and to profane the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified, remember, and to outrage the Spirit of grace. Hebrews 10, 29. You, I ask, you must hold the blood of Christ in honor. And when you do, why then you have a guarantee that is sure as surely as you were baptized, so sure you may be that you have been washed of all your sins. Then you will not be placing your trust in a creature, but in God, who cannot lie, whose word is steadfast and sure, for it rests on a sure foundation, the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to help us understand the consequences of this, the better, I would like to quote a couple of paragraphs from chapter 15 of the book, Partnership, and make some comments on them. On the North American continent, says the writer, as indeed in much of the world, democracy has become a kind of religion. One of the creeds of this religion is that you may not force any ideas onto someone else. Everyone is free to believe and to reject whatever he wishes. Therefore, it is widely claimed that in religious matters, People should be left to choose until they have reached the age of maturity. You may have heard people say just that. But that, you understand, 
That is a lie. It is a lie foisted on us by the spirit of the age. The fact is, you are not left free to choose. Why not? Well, because God, in Christ, chose you. And that God, who in Christ chose you, that God now says to you, you must love me. You must walk by my word. And you must teach your child, your children of the covenant, to know my will and to walk in my way. I ah, see, the philosophy of democracy is so very subtle and is so very deceptive. Think of Colossians 2, where the Apostle Paul speaks of the, of the philosophy and empty deceit of men. That is why it is so very important that you understand well that in every family, teaching begins long before children can talk and read, and that the process never stops. Remember it well. Long before you, father, mother, have spelled it out in so many words, you have already communicated to your child what the service and the worship of the Lord really means to you where there is a joy to you or a burden for you, whether you do it with gladness or reluctantly. Know well, your children know why it is you come to church, whether once or twice per Sunday. And they know how you sit in church, whether you are hypercritical or genuinely joyful in the service of the Lord. And they, they draw their conclusions. See, the scripture places a great responsibility on the parents to nurture their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And you must realize that you cannot do that. You cannot nurture your child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord if you yourself do not know the scripture. You cannot know God without knowledge of the Bible. Remember, says partnership, the Bible and faith are not individual possessions. Rather, they belong to the covenant community, to the holy Catholic Church. Therefore, a believer must participate in the confessional life of the community in every sphere of life. If, if he cuts himself off from the life of the community, he is like a piece of wood that you remove from the fire. At first, it burns with a wild flame, and then it goes out. And see, 
Because that is so, it follows that a covenant member cannot live and his faith cannot be strengthened if he does not participate in the confession and worship that is in the life of the community. This participation, he goes on to say, requires, first of all, an intellectual activity. That is, you must knowingly participate. You must know what we confess and why. You must understand every part of the worship service, and you must be well aware of the meaning and implication of the sacraments. Without this basic knowledge, worship is a farce, and faith turns into superstition. He could have added, such worship and faith is goaded on and guided by preachers who appeal to the emotions of the listeners making them feel so good without ever really opening the scriptures to the congregation, let alone binding them to the word of the Lord. Congregation of the Lord, remembered well, the God of grace who freely gives us all things in Christ Jesus also asks that we freely, joyfully give ourselves in service to him. Every day, in every way. That is blessedness for today and forever. Praise the Lord. Amen.